is episode 81. What the f- Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Deb. And I'm Maria. And here's our podcast for the realistic quarantined SLP. I was wondering how you were going to integrate that in. Yeah, I just did it. I didn't even plan that. Yeah. Um, it, is a, a, it is a strange time, Maria. Yes, it is. A difficult time and a scary time to be realistic. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the point of this episode is to just share with other SLPs and other professionals out there how we're feeling, how we're coping with it, mm-hmm. just to hopefully give some kind of uh, comfort in our list- for our listeners not to overly scare them. So I right. Feel like that's the news's job, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, yeah. And also Mike's job. He is just right. the rails. Um, he's making me crazy. Okay. All right. But uh, yeah. So um, before we get into that, uh, what are you drinking? I, for the whole month of March, I committed to this last month and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm staying strong. I am not drinking any alcohol mm-hmm. and I've stayed strong Except for one Jello shot I had for my cousin's birthday, but you know that was near there here nor there. I just had to get that out. But other than that, I'm staying strong. So I'm having a pomegranate kombucha, and I have a little strawberry on the rim that I have now eaten, and I also have this garlic peppercorn cheese that I got from Vermont, and I'm oh. saving the cheese for the podcast. So nice. Yes. So definitely drink the pomegranate kombucha. I know kombucha has various flavors. Mm -hmm. If you do happen to be shopping, get some pomegranate kombucha. It's healthy. There's probiotics for you. It's not overly fizzy, which, you know, I have a problem with that. And the pomegranate juice is just right. Not overly tart because sometimes pomegranate can be tart. Yeah. Definitely drink this. What about you? I'm drinking, um, I am drinking alcohol. It's like 4.30 and I was like, whatever, times Four, are changing. 4.40 almost. 4.40, yeah. So it's almost, almost five o'clock. Almost five o'clock. Um, it's called Screw. It's a, it's nice. Screw, Screw One Malbec. It is a Argentinian wine Ooh. and uh, it's a 2019. It was the biggest bottle left at the liquor store. So nice. I it. Um, it's a red wine. Like I mentioned, it's a Malbec. It's pretty smooth. I vote drink it. Nice. And I don't and have any cheese, but I just had a, a turkey and cheese sandwich. So that counts. That yeah. counts. And you had some protein. Mm-hmm. Well, right? so what vitamins have you been taking? Uh, just a multivitamin. We bought multi multivitamins today from the supermarket in case we are quarantined and only, which we are quarantined in case there is a complete, complete shutdown and there's no grocery stores and all we're living on is canned foods. Mm-hmm. So then I have some adult gummy multivitamins. Oh, I'm yeah. taking vitamins every day. I'm taking vitamin C, probiotic, zinc, B12, cranberry pills. Because they have vitamin C in them too. I didn't know that. And uh, that's it. 
I take vitamin D, vitamin D under the tongue because this nutritionist yeah. I went to said that it's absorbed better that way. So it's like an oil and you just do that under your tongue. And I do feel more energetic with it. The, B- the B12? Uh, no, vitamin D. Oh, D. I, I take the like B12 under my tongue. Oh, yes. Those. But I have, yeah, I have chewy Ds, chew, but they are kind of hard and then they hurt my teeth. So I don't, I haven't been taking Yeah. Get the under the tongue, the sublingual. Let's yeah. get, let's get. Well, I'm not going anywhere. So okay. that's it. I got enough vitamins in me. I think I, yes, no one is going anywhere. No. Um, so yeah. What, uh, what's the latest in the news, Maria? Okay. It's- so as of March 18th, right. We're keeping it current. Yeah. Well, we're in the state of New York and, uh, public schools have shut down. Other schools have shut down. NYC DOE, Department of Education uh, staff, is required to do remote learning, which is all online. Uh, I believe we're using Google Classroom. No mm-hmm. one quote me on anything because it's still... Everything changes every day. <laughs> everything changes every day. There's a lot of... There's still a little bit of some questions out there, but um, it's pretty much looking like um, Google Classroom and we're going... We need you know, parental permission and just, you know, getting paperwork in order, contacting parents, trying to make a schedule, stuff like that. Just how like the beginning of the year in September Mm -hmm. is this way. It's pretty much reminds me of that. Uh, Just setting up. So we're in the setting up phase. And by next Monday, we should be ready to go. Right. I feel confident and ready to go. I'm confident in my clinical skills and in my technology and computer skills. So, you know, it is what it is. These are trying times and we're all going to just have to try our best. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you know how many cases there are in New York right now? Uh, was I supposed to know that? I don't yeah. know. Okay. Well, I found <laughs> I this other. Like yep. 700 found- or something. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I know New New Rochelle is like the epicenter, and ne- tomorrow they should have the drive up um, tests. The drive through testing will open. Oh well, I know it's opening up on Staten Island tomorrow. Yeah, it's open to all New Yorkers, but will take place by appointment only between 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. at 777 Seaview Avenue. Mm-hmm. And if you have symptoms, you have to call New York State Department of Health. Right. So, I mean, that's good news that they have even, they're getting more test kits. Right. And right now the rules are um, no non-essential traveling and uh, social distancing of yes, like three to six feet, I think. Uh, I know it's 10 or more people according to USA Today. Oh, and then, yeah. So yeah. it's been, it's been right. real. I've been, been in real. my house. Um, Maria, what has changed for you? Okay. Well, you know, telepractice now is my new speech therapy is my new job. So I still haven't gotten into any like full blown sessions online. It's still mm-hmm. like preliminary. I don't even know if I will be doing that to be honest. So right. I don't know if it's more of just like a indirect teletherapy or it's like, coach parent coach mark parent coaching via teletherapy but still counts as teletherapy you know it's still providing a service right that is needed but um yeah so that has changed for me and um i guess my anxiety level has changed as well (laughs) yes it's a little different 
little different. <laughs> um, distancing myself from my parents and grandparents, which is hard for me, I've realized, but I know I'm doing good by not seeing them. Right. So, yes. So family distancing is new for me. Right. Makes so sense. What about you? What has changed for you? Well, um, so I have I don't really see anyone in my family that frequently, so that's not so different. Um, but I'm not in school. I'm not going to school anymore, like I mentioned, because school has shut down. Um, I haven't approached a lot about teletherapy in all different capacities. I've got like four different accounts up and running for when we do get this authorization, which apparently is pending. Um, EI just got approved. I got an email. Right. Yeah, I got that too. But I'm also thinking to myself, like, it's so strange. I'm wondering how, um, like, even like making the schedule for speech, like the kids actually tuning in when they're supposed to, or I guess the bell will ring. I'll be like, Miss Brooks is here. Uh, Yeah, just that that would be like the planning time, like telling the parent, you know, committing to a time every week, every day, every for their mandated time. Right. So that will be challenging. That's new. Another thing that's new is um, the landlord sold our building and wants us to move by April 1st. Yeah. How is that going to (laughs) happen? Okay. Well, before like everything started getting shut down, Mike and I looked at like eight apartments. We settled on one where we have the paperwork processing, but I don't even know what types of rules there's going to be regarding moving. Yeah, so, I don't, I'm not sure, to be honest. I'm I don't know. I and, just moved here, and I'm not trying to move anytime soon either. So. Yeah, oh. I just moved here. I haven't even been here a year, so it's a nightmare. True. But I do keep thinking about that at apartment because I do like it. But Ooh. but uh, you, I'm not going to be devastated if I can't get out of here because that's just the way it is. It's just outside of my control. I did what I could. That's good. That's a great way yeah. to look at it. What about how, what have you noticed that has changed about your job? Aside from that fact that it's going to be digi- like rig- bleh, digitally, teletherapy, <laughs> just made up a word. <laughs> cheers well, I'm, to that. Uh, yeah, cheers. I'm noticing that lots of things could have happened on the computer that don't and that we unnecessarily do lots of traveling. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also noticing that, like, I don't know, I might have to make career changes moving forward because this whole fee-for-service has left me feeling um, insecure and regretful. So, okay, that's how I'm feeling. And I and I know there's got to be other, there's definitely other fee-for-service therapists listening and they feel the way I feel. And I just want you to know that I'm stressed. I have no clue what will happen. And I am here with you. I don't know. So that's what I've noticed about my job that I'm mad. Okay. I noticed something more positive, if you will. Mm-hmm. I really noticed how important it is. And it should, I should really, it's really making it more awake in my mind that how important caregivers role is because now if we're doing telepractice or teletherapy the parent has to be way more involved because they have to be like when we had that episode their speech buddy right they have to be the speech buddy that's what i keep telling everyone like who is concerned about teletherapy i'm I'm trying to let them know like there has to be a speech buddy on the other side 
So that's making me really showing me that they should have always had that speech buddy, really, you know? Right, yeah. But okay, whatever. It didn't happen, let's say, because we're always there. We're always right there. But now that we're behind the screen, guess what? The mom has to really learn about behaviors. The mom really has to learn about right. fading verbal cues. Like, oh, 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 don't, you know? And we're really, really turning into like a lot more of like that coaching model, which is very evidence-based as our yes. last episode said. So mm-hmm. it's just uh, bringing more realistic expectations, I think too. Yeah. I like that part. And then yeah. also like if a child's not cooperating, I hope their parent hears in the background and is like, yeah. wow, that's what you guys have been mentioning on all your reports that he yes. requires continues to say support to remain on task and working. Exactly. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Uh, but yeah. So what has been challenging or uh, what's been challenging for you? What has been challenging for me has been, well, I guess like I go from feeling stressed and then numb and then stressed and then numb regarding oh. money because of like the lack of pay during this time. But I just feel like I'm fine right now and I think it'll something has to give like I feel bad for all the service workers like waitresses and bartenders and stuff like that who are now like I don't know yes rely on tips and stuff yeah but um what else has been a little challenging um I don't find it difficult to be like in the same space as Mike Mm -hmm. but what I do find challenging is like having to do all of his ideas aha uh-huh. well you don't have to do all that's of what you I, think you're yeah. not here so right <laughs> he's always like this and then this and then this and now this and i'm like i this is nap time i thought like i thought we were just chilling out and he's like let's make this video let's do this workout i'm gonna cook this extravagant meal <laughs> like he's he's barbecuing he's smoking <gasps> meat he's doing back exercises he's running around everywhere so it's just like um now you know how some parent parents might feel right yeah a little yeah I'm just like I'm just trying to like sit down and just you know answer some emails and he's just got all these thoughts that he wants to share with me and questions that he wants to ask and I'm like I can't think straight then all of a sudden he'll be like Alexa play Mulan soundtrack and I'm okay (laughs) so it's like I have to hear everything that he wants to listen to, like from whatever he's listening to on his phone or on the computer or on the TV or telling Alexa to play. So it's just been a lot of um, auditory stimuli. A lot of stimuli. (laughs) A lot. And you don't like a lot of auditory stimulation. I don't. I like quiet. Yeah. Yeah. I sit in quiet a lot and then I realize like maybe there should be some sound, but I'm like, nah. It's okay. Um, That's what's been challenging, the verbal, the auditory stimulation. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So has anything been refreshing? Um, Just like the, like the, yeah, like the demands are gone, really. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. No, no expectations, no demands. There you go. Yeah. What about you? What's been challenging for you? Uh, challenging, I guess, separating myself from my family. Cause I'm like, are they okay? Are they washing their hands? Like that control, mm-hmm. I guess really does come down to that. Are you guys yeah. washing your cans after you bought them? Like I am a FaceTiming with my dad. Like, look what I'm doing. <laughs> you guys doing that. And I have to like relax. And they're like, Maria, we're not leaving the house. I'm like, okay, but still like, 
because my parents are the the risk factors you know they're over 60 my dad smokes my mom has diabetes so like i'm very anxious for them yeah my mom's been going to work every day she is on a bus the subway she goes from she goes from New Jersey to Port Authority. She's got an office on 31st Street, on 31st in um, Manhattan, and then another one on like 42nd in Long Island City. So she is like going all over the place all the time. Wow. She said it's great though. She's like, no one's here. It's fabulous. <laughs> cheers, cheers to that. <laughs> cheers to that. Cheers. Yeah. The pomegranate kombucha now. She, uh, she's so funny. I was dying. She like, set up this whole new office she ordered a bunch of tvs and put news everywhere so there's like all these flat screen tvs she's got like this little corner because it's like a small office that she got for the company um god and it just says like deborah brooks in the corner that's her name too so she like wrote herself a sign she's let let you know like that's her area don't go near it Okay. So is that the refreshing part too i don't know what that is that's just something I don't know. I just think it's crazy that like everyone's sheltering in and, and she's just, you know, out. She's going to be like, when this gets bad, we're going to have to like go to my mom's bunker in Manhattan <laughs> when she's going to have like a vest and like, <laughs> I don't know. 800 TVs. I know. <laughs> like all these Nextels that people don't use anymore. She like reused them canned foods alphabetized like i i can't even imagine what she's doing there and i'm surprised uh she's not in her 60s but okay that's good uh, still she did smoke for a while i don't know she's crazy she said that she's loving it though because like i said no one's no one's at work we can't control other people and that's the thing can only no i yeah so that's what's been challenging for me yeah. But How are you coping though? How are you coping? coping? Well, I've been meditating for mm-hmm. sure. I've been doing YouTube workout videos and I switch them out, switch them up. You know, like yesterday I did, no, that's a lie. The day before yesterday I did, um, like a HIT workout uh-huh. that I was sore. So today I did like more yoga, Pilates. So I'm just like checking out YouTube. YouTube has a lot of, uh, stuff. I heard Beachbody, um, all their videos are free for the next couple weeks. I saw that. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's what's been refreshing to me because I've been able to, like, try up new workouts. Mm -hmm. And I've been – I cooked yesterday, so I'm going to try to cook a few meals too. So I've been just, you know, having – spending the time at home, so just taking advantage of it. Yeah, I, I one coping thing I've done, I've turned off all the notifications on my phone. Mm, wow, so like that's a good one. Text message and email, Instagram, everything. No banners, no sounds, nothing. Wow. It was just like stressing me out. Cause it was just like every second it's like school's closed, all these reports are due, all these IEP meetings are coming up. Will you attend this phone conference? Um and then it's like telepractice telepractice college students asking me questions and i'm just like that's it yeah no i understand that so what have you learned about mike that you didn't know already the fact that he likes a lot of things i mean (laughs) learned anything else (laughs) just the just the not wanting to hear all the things that he wants to hear Uh uh-huh gotcha he, he he does like to hear things like multiple times and he does like to like 
rewind it and hear it again. <laughs> yes, yeah, I do notice that he's he does that. Oh, it's a, yeah, it's something. Uh, so, um, and then also, yeah, no, you wrote don't need. That's what I want to know about you. What? Oh, you come here. About, come here. I was like, Deb wants to know about my routine. Can you stop trash talking me, honey? Oh. I can hear you from the other room. <laughs> poorly about me. I only have nice things to say about you. I just heard you on Instagram live ranting about me. <laughs> oh, no. And nice. saying that I'm naive. And that I only want to talk about pleasant things regarding the coronavirus. And you're the only one who's real. You're like, you're like the kid who's screaming doomsday in like the cartoons from the 90s. <sighs> uh, I think I'm the, I'm the mad scientist who no one listens to. Mm, okay. Yeah. Not, the, not even the mad scientist. The regular scientist. <laughs> Did you ever see the movie uh, Day of the Dead? Yeah. No. I think so. Well, I, I didn't see it. Maybe I'll watch it. But You want to just watch all the zombie apocalypse movies now? Yeah. Uh-huh. That would be fun. But I feel like in that movie, it was like there was a conflict between the military and, sci- and the scientists. Mm-hmm. And the military, like, overrode the scientists. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you're that scientist. You're like, I know that this is a problem. Listen to me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, then, uh, and then the military's like, listen to this. And they shoot him. But how what how can you integrate Disney into this equation? Disney? I don't know why. What have you been working out to, Mikey? Disney songs. They're the best songs to work out to. <laughs> but it's like he's a, yeah, like Mulan. Yeah, Mulan. And Hercules. <laughs> you know what, Mike? I'm gonna do a workout tomorrow and I'm gonna try that. Actually, my here's you my just FaceTime uh, Mike and, and do because he just my loves workout. telling people what to do. Here's he my wants- workout playlist. I don't like telling people what to do. I like to share what I'm into. And this has really been maybe the best week of my life. I mean, just not having to do anything. Mike is if this thriving. is what being retired is like, I needed this so bad. I just I, I definitely oscillate between like, this is awesome. And then just, you know, existential dread. But what is I, I actually understand what Mike is saying because now we do have this free because, time and all those things we procrastinated, we can now do. Well, right. yeah. And also like there's always there's always something because I'm I, I mean, I'm like a freelancer. So mm-hmm. it's very much like I have to find my own work. I only you know, I only get paid if I work. And there's always this looming sense of like, you're not doing enough. You're not doing enough. You're not doing no. enough. You got to get to work, get to work, go grind, go send emails, go whatever. Yes. It's like now I don't have to do any of that. I can do literally yeah. whatever I want. No I demands, feel, no expectations. I just, I'm just grilling all the time. And I, and, 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 and I just feel like if this is what being retired is like, then retired people shouldn't get to vote. <laughs> Let's not get political because they, on because SLP. They're too, because they're too, their lives are too easy. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. We're out. We're me and you and Deb. I mean, we're out every single day getting up going to work hustling trying to make a living and if you're retired and you don't have to like think about money i think that i don't want to hear anything that you have to say right yeah mike mike told me this whole rant yesterday i'm mm-hmm. sorry i'm not trying to get i'm trying to be in a, in a good mood yeah that. that's good but mike, i want to know okay it's okay everyone has a right but let me to give you my opinion. let me give you my workout playlist let me give you my workout playlist okay i hope the listeners find start, this enjoyable i start with um I'll make a man out of you from Mulan. And I, to me, that's, to, that, that is one of the greatest songs Wait, but ever. not everyone's familiar. Can you like sing it a little? Yeah. So Mulan is the story of uh, a girl who, who to save her father, she pretends to be a man and joins mm. the Chinese 
that she drafts herself into the army mm-hmm. to, to fight off the invasion of the Huns. Right. So, you know, in the, in the, so there's a scene in the movie where the captain of the army is like training all the new recruits, all these people who are like basically civilians. They don't have any, mm-hmm. you know, military experience. And he right. like sings the song where he's like, you know, he's like getting Let's the troops get ready. Let's get down to business. Yeah. Let's hear it. Well, I don't have to sing the song. I don't know what's next. But anyway, so he's like, you know, he's like, uh, you're the saddest bunch I ever met. (laughs) And you can bet before we're through, somehow I'll make a man out of you. And so, like, they're playing Mulan's training, and she's, like, she's messing up. She's dropping stuff. She's, you know, like, the guy hates her. Yeah. And in the beginning of the, right before he starts the song, he shoots an arrow into this pole. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is the part of the music yeah. it's on. Dude, you're getting you're getting fired up right now. She's watching the music video. So so basically, the moon. Is, so basically what happens oh. is Yeah, I mean it's a great song. Time I mean, is I, racing I, toward I us. To, I listen to oh. it every time. I could see I, how this could pump you up to work out. Dude, I, it's, it's the it's time the, it's, is racing I, towards us. I can't think of a better song to work out to. <laughs> you could put if I was on a desert island and you only had one song, I'd probably pick that song. Okay. It's such an underrated movie and it's I, I think it's one of the best sequences. And then what's your other because playlist? What happens is, hold on a second. Oh, I just can't wait to be king. I love, no, I no, love no. that one. No, no, no. I would a, work out to this. I keep recommending that's baby, that's baby no. stuff. That's baby See, stuff. I keep recommending that one, and he doesn't play it. So it's, it's like we're on enough. Disney. Don't it's I get a turn? Enough. But like, where's my turn? It's supposed to be your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn. Yes, Mike. Like, that is appropriate turn-taking skills, <laughs> which we could work on in teletherapy. Okay, fine. Yeah, coach like, parents on I'm that. A, all right. I would like it turn. Yes, a, thank I'm you, I'm a Mike. passionate person. <laughs> yeah. But but this but the Mulan song is like far and away a much better song to work <laughs> out to. And then and then so basically I just want to say in the beginning, you know, he shoots an arrow into this pole and he's like and then he puts these two um I guess you would call I, I guess you would call them medallions. There's like sort of like these big medallions, these big mm-hmm. heavy medallions around mm-hmm. the guy's wrist and he's like You'll need, he's like, this represents discipline. This represents strength. You'll need both to reach the top. And the guy tries to climb up to the top of the pole and nobody can do it. It's like this, it's like this impossible feat. Anyway, they start singing the song, Mulan's training. She's messing up. She's messing up. You know, she's dropping stuff. She's whatever. And then there's a point in the song where like he sends her home. He's like, that's it. You're done. You suck. Go home. You're Mm -hmm. not, you're not suited for this. You're not a man. You're not a man. Yeah. Yeah. No more (laughs) F-bombs. Yeah. I curse. Yeah, you did. I was trying not to. That was non-volitional speech. Okay. Yeah, I was That's trying okay. not to, though. Yeah, keep going. What did and I then, say? Thank I you for trying. Up. I said she's effing up. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, no um, worries. So she keeps, she keeps, you know, fouling up, fouling up. Uh, and then, and then he's, he sends her home. He's like, that's, you know, that's it. You're not cut out for this. Mm-hmm. And then she puts the medallions on and she climbs to the top of the, um, the pole, the pole. she gets the arrow she gets there yeah she and then does it, comes it out of his tent and then and then the rest of the song is like she's training and she's you know i mean it's now she's doing well yeah she's the doing hero's well. journey yeah yeah um and but then she, she got told to go away like she got told yeah. to quit it's like that meme like she thought she could but then she had to nap yeah. Like all women. So do I don't that. see how, I don't see how that doesn't, that wouldn't get you through a workout. Right. I would for sure. But and then the next song in my playlist is. Oh, okay. Uh, so we're going through all of them. Yeah. <laughs> my, Disney, my Disney workout playlist. The next song. Share is, that on Spotify. 
Zero oh, to Hero from Hercules. Zero to Hero, yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah, and that's like zero to hero. That's like a fun, like a fun upbeat, you know. Yeah, I'm doing it. But 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 if you're gonna enter an intense part of your workout, you should pick the Mulan song. And then if you're going to an easier part of your workout, you should do Hercules. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last, and then I I guess the last song that I listen to is uh, You Need to Calm Down by our girl T Swift. Oh God, that's nice. I'm. That's a little more mellow, and it's a little I'm more like. I'm sorry, I'm over T right. Swift. Uh, I would say I you love could- T Swift. You could calm down to "Can You Paint with All the Colors." Oh, that the song way. makes Mike cry. No, but that's too that's that's too mellow. That's too sad for Mike. He that's cries. Yoga I session. A, but I guess yeah, yeah. I guess for a cool down, you could do that. Cool down. Yeah. Come on, Mike. Come on. Paint but if you have a less, colors. yeah. But it's like, it's just I don't know. I think that's that's an important aspect of working out is just picking the right music Music. and stuff that you're not going to get tired of and yeah but i'm like i'm gonna be a mighty king and i'm well i've never seen a king obese with quite so little hair that's pushing hard for for this song (laughs) if that works for you you should do it yeah yes you have to let her because you're sharing a space you have to today's my rest today's my rest day so i'm not gonna work out today but tomorrow i'm gonna jump back into it and so i will i will give that song a good and we're yes. not just, I don't feel physically like uh, sharing a space is rough, but auditorily. <laughs> Look, I'll get out of here. I mean, I'll give you some room, whatever. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I said, I like, you, I like your spatial uh, I'm going to the mall. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, but Maria, so I wanted to ask you this because uh, lots of things on the internet say like the best thing to do in this type of situation is stick to your regular routine, mm-hmm. like wake up every day, still get dressed. What are you doing? Are you waking up at your your work time? Well, today I still went into work. Um, so moving forward now, you know, for next week and stuff, I'm going to, yeah, because I have to be logged in. By the by, you know, eight o'clock, the start of the workday. So yeah, I'm gonna still stick to that. I'm just a big person of lists, so I'm gonna write a list and I'm gonna check off things on my list. Right. I really like to do that. So I want to dedicate some podcast time, some time to St. John's. Mm-hmm. If I do any other other ther- teletherapy practices, uh, working out, cooking, preparing meals. So I'm gonna try to keep that going, and then FaceTime time. Yeah, yeah. You know, because definitely FaceTime is good. And FaceTime is just the best way to stay safe, but still not feel like isolated. So I think with that, I'll be okay. Are you following a routine? No, I'm like staying up all night, waking up at 10 or 11. I'm loving it. It's just like, I think I thrive under those circumstances, though. I, I think, think so too. Yeah. I don't think I've ever reached my full potential because I've always had a job that made me get up at 7 a.m. But yeah. I'm a 10 a.m. gal. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. So Ideally, I'm like a 9 a.m. gal, but still have to be logged into computer. But it's fine. No travel time, so I can't complain. Yeah. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, I'm excited to like have a cup of coffee while doing my work. I don't know why I just like that. Coffee is important to me. Yes. It's pretty good. I like coffee. Yeah. I've been drinking more tea though. So, I yeah. hear you. I'm just having tea right now. Nice. So what have you learned about your career, Deb? Oh, I already talked about this. I said how I'm like mad and regretful. But... Oh, okay. But that's what you <laughs> learned about it, that it's a mad and regretful. Nothing well, like. I mean, I don't know. Like, what do you, I, I guess I could be positive. Like I've always loved, like loved my career. Oh, you know what I'm thinking though? Like 
lots of people are like, okay, like let's get down to business. Like the Mulan song. Yes. There we go. And I'm like, chill. Like we need to just take a step back and see what's happening because then it's like, okay, let's put all these demands on families. And then we don't know who's going to end up being sick in the next couple of weeks based on like the progression that we've seen in Italy and stuff. So very it's just like, true. I don't know. I just, I do feel like related service and education is quite important, but then again, like spring break was coming up soon too. So like we could have just switched that out and like pretended this was the week or something, you know? Mm, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we could have, that's actually a pretty good idea, but uh, I mean, I think now we really more than ever have to just support the families a lot, you know, mm -hmm. and, the, and the families that we work with and just, just so they know that we are here virtually like, okay. You know, and especially like my students, like they're going to be home. They're going to be bored. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Right. But, and then when kids are bored, that's when those behaviors come out, you know? So we can't just be like to the parents, peace, you know, like, <laughs> like right. Yeah. You're on your own. Like, cause really we are there for them and we are part of the team. So just, we could still be part of the team just in a different way now. So. Yeah. And I feel that way too. I, I, I don't feel like it's unnecessary. I just want to no, be no. like, slow it down. Yes. Right. Like, you know, some people get organized for a second. Like, no, agreed. But some people thrive with this and they feel like they have to do stuff, you know, because I saw so many freebies already. I'm like downloading them. I'm like, you know, great. I'm going to upload. I'm going to share these with my families, you know, like I'm thankful yeah. for people who are on it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know? like they've already made all these templates and freebies. Thank you everyone for the freebies. Yeah. I didn't do any of that. I was well, like, I should do that. And I I'm did not, not thanking you then. I'm thanking no. people. Yeah. So. It's fine. Good. <laughs> I was like, I'm just gonna nap. What? Right. I don't. <laughs> there's no work. I hear you. Go to sleep. But uh, yeah. So I do have the great, a great interview with Leah Curtin from Speech and Language at Home. Um, she's got exceptional resources for early intervention, and we talk uh, treatment and strategies for that age group. So stay tuned after a couple messages for that interview. episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese is brought to you by the Informed SLP. Great clinicians need great scientific research to inform their practice, but how can we know the research with so many articles and so little time? The Informed SLP makes it easy. Each month, their team of scientists and clinicians find the research for you. They explain it without the jargon, without the burden, just for the SLPs. So you can spend less time reading and more time treating. Visit theinformedslp.com and enter coupon code wine and cheese for 20% off. This episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese is also brought to you by Therapy Travelers. Happy clinicians change the world. Therapy Travelers' mission is to attract, empower, and retain the finest therapists. They do this so that every human can manifest their full potential. Therapy Travelers employs SLPs, school psychologists, physical therapists, occupational therapists, social workers, school nurses, special education teachers, and BCBA. Check out therapytravelers.com for more info. And now our interview with Leah Curtin of Speech and Language at Home. Welcome. 
Welcome to another episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Deb, and today I'm joined by Leah Curtin. You might know her from Speech and Language at Home on Instagram. Say hi, Leah. Hello. I'm so happy that we finally got to do this interview. (laughs) Yes, me too. You have the best resources for early intervention. I love your calendars, and I love that. I feel like you made that 25 strategies. I don't want to say it's a meme, but graphic. Mm-hmm. And it was just like kind of spread around Instagram yeah. like wildfire. Yeah. It's such um, great advice. Well, thank you. Yeah, I just made it for my own needs. I I was needing like a reference sheet to for myself and also something to give to parents. And I, it's like perfect for the refrigerator just to, um, mm-hmm. yeah, or for clinicians to just kind of have on hand. So absolutely. Yeah. So before we get into today's topics, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Sure. Um, I have been practicing for a long time. Um, I started in the schools and worked there with like preschool up through high school um, for about 15 years. Mm-hmm. And then we moved and I did that for another year. And then just for my family's sake, I needed some more flexibility. So I did some private practice started seeing kids on the side, as well as um, I went into home health. So although a lot of my materials are for early intervention, um, I've been seeing kids from like birth to teenagers. Okay. So, yeah. Um, So you go to everyone or everyone comes to you or both? um, Go out to see kids, yes, home visits and stuff. Right. And I feel like that's super helpful in terms of early intervention because you're within their environment. You're utilizing things that they interact with daily. Um, yes. And it's a really interesting transit because I was just going from the elementary school population mostly to that more medical setting. Because um, with home health, we were getting a lot of referrals from the, the children's hospital. So more of those severe, complex kids, but also a lot of them were from birth to three. So a lot of kids in an age I hadn't seen before, plus um, medical conditions that I had to really um, get more educated on. So, And before we get into today's topics, can you talk about a little bit of, I like to always think about the mindset of early intervention because it is quite different than any other aspect of speech pathology where it's quite like, scheduled for regimented you sit down you tell someone to do something they do it that doesn't work right right and um I kind of had to learn that um just on my own as I was working with this population because uh working with the doctors and nurses and families it felt much more just that kind of the medical clinical setting that I had received training on but as I was doing more um research i'm like really no the best it looks like the best way to work with these kids is through coaching but that's not what i have been trained in i've I've never been trained in it and it's not a natural strength for me to talk to parents so um that's kind of i mean how they do the early intervention the model is where you um are really there to help support meet the kids needs um, in the daily routines, and you're trying to support what the families are wanting to work on, um, which is kind of different from maybe like a doctor's, what 
the reports that you're writing up for them. So, right. Yeah. And you have to, so going into early intervention, I often, it's like the one population that makes me anxious before I start a session. Whereas I don't feel like that for any other age group. As soon as they're three or older, I'm like, fine. I can talk to any kid. Yes. And um, when I first started working in the home health, I would bring in all my toys and, um, you know, I can play. I feel Mm -hmm. very comfortable sitting on the the ground and playing with kids, but um, I had to sort of work my way out of that to do kind of more coaching and less. I I gradually brought in less toys, worked more with the toys that the families had. And um, that's kind of how these handouts that I created came out because I needed something to come in to families with. Right. Um, and I think their parents are just like their kids. They need visuals to learn right. too. So um, there wasn't a lot out there as far as parent education materials. And I think that that's so important because that's really the person who you're working with in the home is right. And there's only so much that you're going to be able to do twice a week for really 25 minutes, not Absolutely. 30. I mean, and like- the kid could be you know, waking up from a nap or, I mean, they're so unpredictable at that hitting a kid when they're on, right. you know, you know, having a good day is you can't count on that. So, right. So really it's obviously you'll interact with the kid as much as possible, but the real meat and potatoes of early intervention speech therapy is coaching the parents to do certain things throughout their uh, daily routine in order to demonstrate progress in whatever their goal areas are. Yes, correct. But I will also add that, um, that that's also ideally how it should work and it doesn't always work that way. So if you go in thinking, okay, I'm just going to model this for the parents and then they're going to take over and I'm going to coach them through it. That wasn't happening for me with the majority of the kids on my caseload. So I had to kind of get used to that being like, well, this is how it's supposed to work. But, you know, I was working with families that had, were working three jobs or, you know, educating nurses who would be replaced every two months. And um, so you've got to kind of balance that out too. Sometimes it is more direct therapy, um, just depending on the situation. And depending on the setting, because I work um, part-time at a clinic and these parents are taking time out of their day to bring their kid into, um, a private practice and they don't want to be, they don't want the whole session to be counseling them. Yeah. They want to see some things happening. Yes, absolutely. They want to know what the therapy really looks like. So they want to see you doing it. Yeah. 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 So it's a middle ground between coaching and direct therapy. Yes. Um, so today we're going to talk about um, activity ideas for AAC and breaking down goals for kids who demonstrate slow progress. Mm-hmm. But just as Leah and I were just mentioning, we're communicating with parents is some of the key elements of um, EI intervention. So how do you effectively communicate with parents? Well, um, I think for me, I think it can depend on the therapist. I think there's different ways to do it. Um, I am not, I'm more of a quiet person. So for me to come in and it just wasn't natural for me. So I'm a pretty good listener. And I think that's really important in early intervention. Um, 
the families really have to feel comfortable with you and trust you. And I think if you kind of come in and tell them all of these things that they need to be doing, it can be overwhelming. So it's a relationship that you have to build. Right. So how would you recommend uh, easing into it? Would you give three <laughs> pointers and what would be an example or your phrasing? Yeah, I think starting out with, um, of course, like your initial evaluation, like how you approach that coming in, um, the getting to know the kids sitting on the floor, making sure kind of just reading how the parents, um, how they're comfortable. And of course, um, you know, some families, like you were saying, that they want to see you doing things right away. So you just kind of have to read the family. Um, I like to, first of all, just ask about what the kids' interests are. I think that that's a really good icebreaker. Mm -hmm. um, what kind of toys do they like to do? Ask them about their day. What are their daily routines? And find out what they're doing already and find out what they know already instead of just assuming um, they, they know you that, never yeah. really know if they yeah. might, I mean, I've talked to parents and they're like, oh, I have a child education background. And you're like, okay, well, that's where we're starting from. Versus, right. Yeah. So. So then um, do you often give parents homework? Um, it really depends a lot on the family. Mm -hmm. um, I like to model and see what they're kind of doing already. If it's, I mean, it could just be play homework like this is what we're working on um and i can kind of tell if that's something that they get excited about and that they're going to practice and spend time doing mm -hmm. um, with other families like they want more um direct activities that they can do in which case i'll right um use like books or um yeah mostly just books and that kind of activities it's a start oh. and stop kind of. Right. Yeah. What are some um, like explicit details that you tell a parent like do this at home? Um, I think a lot of parents are interested. Well, I mean, it depends on the age range, but I'll just use like kids who aren't talking yet. Um, a lot of parents will maybe have tried sign language or know that that's a good strategy. So they will want to, and I think that that's a good, um, physical thing that parents can do with their kids. And um, so usually I'll just kind of start there. And most parents are interested in learning that. Um, when I'm teaching parents signs, obviously they're hopefully um, easy for the kids to produce with their hands, what they might be modified. So I'll educate the parents on that, that you know they may be trying to say ball, but it looks nothing like <laughs> Like right. I see it as ball, uh -huh. but they're like, they're just waving their hands. I'm like, no, they're, they're doing that the same way. So you're educating that way, um, using the child's interest. And I kind of choose like two or three signs a week to kind of focus on. What are the first couple that you usually, um, I do, I mean, I'm trying to think it cause it does depend so much on kids. Ball is a good one cause they, it depends on what they like to play with. And I mean, mm -hmm. a lot of families have so many different kinds of toys that have balls in them, you right, know, yeah. like, so, um, and you can pass back and forth. So I find that's a good one that you can kind of have control over and um, do turn taking with and use that in lots of different settings. Mm -hmm. um, bubbles, I also do, or like um, just kind of 
a modification of the sign bubbles if we're using that activity a lot. Um, so think that you would, you're not, you, not that you're strictly working on requesting, but you're saying like, it's going to be easier to teach these children things that are motivating. So they might be requesting a ball or requesting bubbles. Right. And we're starting there. Yes. It kind of, I, I work on the like activity first and then we talk about what we want the kid to say. Mm -hmm. And then we, um, choose words after that. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So then, um, what are some activity ideas for AAC for this early language learning population? Um, I think that it's been really interesting learning or just seeing that AAC from the other side and how it is at home. And um, as big of a topic as AAC is, I think, um, you know, it's so complex and I'm not an expert in it, but I've worked with kids. So I've, you know, um, had to learn more with each different family. And I find it's really hard for parents at home. I mean, especially when I'm working with those little kids that mm -hmm. this is like totally new for parents. So right. we are in there in the homes and this is our, the parents maybe first exposure to what AAC is. So I do like the whole total communication approach, um, letting parents know we're working towards words and sounds if you know, that's their goal is to have their kids talking, but also using signs and then talking about AAC, bringing in the visuals from anything from like visual schedules to, I mean, some kids I work with do have um, AAC systems. And if I can mm -hmm. tell that that's something that the child is going to be um, really benefit from them, I'll, you know, often I'm at the, the process where we're starting just the whole evaluation process. So we usually start low tech and um, I refer for, uh, AAC evaluation so a team can do it. Right. Um, yeah, but I think it's just an adjustment for the parents, like mentally. So right. it's just to be there to support. Um, yeah. So activities that I think are the most successful or that I've found the most successful, um, I find books to be really helpful because parents generally already have that as part of their daily routine with their kids. Right. And um, a lot of little kids' books are, they have the pictures that um, are first words anyways. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's kind of, I can show and model parent to parents what AC looks like in a structured activity. And I think with that, there's more of a chance of carryover because they can sit down and do that. And can you the best you can because this is a uh, audio format yeah. um, <clears throat> explain to the us how an AAC activity would look because I do feel like we get this information all the time like yeah use books with AAC yeah and, yeah model AAC but what how like step okay. one you have a low tech or a high tech AAC right it's either like a paper system or you have an iPad. And then you have the book. So then you open the, well, no, you're looking at the cover and now what? Okay. So if I have a, a book and I'm looking at the cover, I will point to the pictures and um, I'm either doing kind of two things. I'm using the vocabulary page 
um, which most devices have, like if we're talking about animals, I might mm -hmm. have just that page open and we're, right. I'm labeling, modeling to showing how to use the device, not really expecting the kid to do it at that point. Okay. So, but you're hitting the buttons or you're yeah. pointing to, so if it's, um, if it's a book that is about a frog or and like frog and toad, maybe right. and you're pointing right. to fr frog and toad, um, mm -hmm. on this AAC. Yes. And like showing the kid where it is. Um, yeah, like showing that they can, um, there's that kind of cause and effect. I mean, I'm, of course, the kids that I'm working with are generally younger and they want to get their hands on it too. So it's also about um, how to use, you know, it's a balance. The kids are going to want to just um, touch all the buttons. Yeah, explore. And so yeah. that's what I teach the parents too, is that that's the natural process of it. And so I'm not just modeling how, how I would read the book, but I'm also modeling to parents um, it's okay to let the kids explore and modeling, redirecting them like back to the activity or trying to make it more functional, but still letting the kids learn and explore their device. Right. Like let them explore, but then also that it has to be rule governed. So it's not just like anarchy. And now we associate this yeah. device with just like hitting buttons and yeah. playing. Um, so like, let's say it's frog and toad and then you turn the page and it's like, toad is making cookies. Would you type, would you hit like, from the whole like toad is making cookies well and, like, go to each screen <laughs> that would have those things okay so i had a hard time finding book like i struggled with that and i had a hard mm -hmm. time finding books um that i would use a lot with the device because often they're devices that i was not familiar with and so you know i spent half the time looking up <laughs> the words right mm -hmm. so i ended up making um my own books that had that repetitive phrases, he feels um, like sad because that's what I wanted the kids to do. I mean, that's was their goal is like using their core words on that front page, feel, um, see, want. So mm -hmm. I, I kind of made my own materials because it was hard to find those books that where you would get the whole sequencing pattern. Right. Otherwise you're going from screen to screen and you're trying yeah. to like find and that's, stuff. That's great as they get more developed into it. But for kids mm -hmm. who are just learning, they need that, that repetition of the motor pattern. Right. Um, yes. She likes whatever she likes. So, so I just, I created materials that were set up that way um, that teach the core words, but also would lead you to a page of feelings or family mm -hmm. or things like that. Right. And then the feelings page um, on the AAC devices that I have been using, they'll often also have pronouns on it yeah. because it's like that's the way in which you would discuss feelings. So you wouldn't find yourself um, scrolling all over that uh, device looking for those other opportunities. Food pages too. So like yeah. it's good to start with food and feelings. With animals, it's a little bit trickier because it's like in what capacity are we talking about yes. animals the other animals than maybe how fast they are, or how yeah, slow they they're are. They're going to be doing something or, mm -hmm. right. Yes, I agree. And I mean, sometimes you just want them to find the one picture, you know, you're kind of at that single word level as mm -hmm. they're, they're learning, but then building in phrases and um, yeah, it depends on, on the device, how they can set up that way. If it's already on the page, it's great. Right. 
And then, so one of your activities that you so graciously sent to Maria and myself to use, you have, um, what does he want? And there's, um, a bunch of objects at the top of a bookshelf and a boy looking up. Um, and so the first one is he wants a cookie. So how I am seeing myself doing this activity, I would start off on the homepage and mm -hmm. he wants would be on there mm -hmm. um, and then he can, they can learn to hit food and then yes. food there would be cookie. Well, they probably have to go to dessert within food and find cookie, but my mm -hmm. AAC users are older than early intervention. Um, right. But on the food page, you could also have pronouns and wants because that's the way in which you would talk about food. Right. Like, I want the cookie or I like it. So then he wants cookie. He wants, would you, what about the, um, the, uh, cookie? Would you I know. Uh? I don't have them do the A. I mean, I rarely have a kid unless they're at the, um, reading level. We just skip the A. Okay. Um, do you and say it, but you just don't hit it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So it would be like, you would read, he wants a book. He wants a book. You know what I don't know is when you say a uh, or a, it's just whatever comes naturally to me. Uh, he wants a book. Um, so you would say he wants a book, but then you would point to he wants book. Yeah. Like you're modeling in this activity. So mm -hmm. you would say he wants a bear and then you would say he want bear on right. the device. Right. I love it. This is a great simple activity. And, and you where can modify it. Um, if they're, if finding the, like the fringe vocabulary is too mm -hmm. difficult, you could also modify it and just say like, he wants it. Okay. And just use that phrase for every page, mm -hmm. um, until the kid gets that. Oh, look, he wants it. He wants, and, um, Got modify it. it that way. So don't, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I think it's really important to remember to end with AAC, just being flexible and, and modifying things. Um, it's okay. I think we get stuck in the words and we want to match it so right. nicely, but you know, we don't always have to do that. Yeah. There's high pressure with uh, yeah. the field of speech pathology thinking like everything has to be EBP. So I better make sure that I follow every guideline and I do things according to the science. But sometimes like you have the easier way into that. You have to see yeah. like, how am I going to convey this to this individual purposely saying individual and not child because everyone is different. Right. So there is right. no like, like one uh, strategy fits all type of opportunity. Exactly. But yeah, you can modify most things to um, <clears throat> demonstrate progress in any area. Yeah. And to help them be successful. Cause I think with AAC too, it's like, there's such a learning curve and there's, you know, um, it's challenging. It's like a whole other language. So you want right. to make it as easy for them as possible um, so that they're success. Right. Um, so then any more activity ideas for AAC? How else would you use that? Um, I think it's really nice, like in the home, I've also, you know, done it um, with daily activities, just having like um, a low tech, just a piece of paper. Um, you can make your own <clears throat> symbols or communication boards or however, but I like to kind of have something next to me when we're playing. If I think a kid will end up having a device, but they don't have one yet, which is often really frustrating. Um, or it's just 
you know that they would benefit from them, but they just don't have that available yet. I'll have visuals next to me and um, work with pictures on making choices or, um, you know, pointing. So um, a lot of times I'll take pictures of the toys that the kids have and, you know, so we might not be working on materials. Exactly. That... We may not be working on pecs necessarily, but, you know, I'm holding up two things and letting them use eye contact and make choices between two objects. Um, and then they get the reward of their toy. So kind of teaching early communication at that stage. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. I think something that I didn't know and wasn't aware of was um, that when you're using AAC, you really do need like visuals or sentence strips or both when you're using it. Um, I, <clears throat> I didn't get AAC exposure in undergrad or yeah. grad school. I don't feel like I did. Um, I only graduated grad school in 2012, but I still feel like AAC has done a lot oh, yeah. since then. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really have always felt so like everything was so vague when it came to AAC, but now I find it easier and easier because it's just like, no matter what the activity is, I'm going to choose activities that I'm doing with their age matched peers. And I'm going to yeah. see how I can get them to achieve the same or similar things as those age matched peers, but using this device instead of their verbal language. Right. Maybe their verbal language is quite minimal. Like maybe we can only get ball, but then on the AAC, I can get he want ball. Mm -hmm. So um, I often will, because, well, I like to draw, but I also don't have always the most time to plan and I mm -hmm. don't have very much access to the printer. I can't just like print things whenever I want. I have to go to another computer. I have to email it to myself. I have to go to oh, another yeah. computer. And then I have to like pray that somebody else isn't making a hundred copies of a worksheet by the time I get to the copier. So for me, I just don't even use the printer anymore. I really just draw things with Sharpies. Mm -hmm. um, and I've, I have found that to be super effective. I do the best I can to mimic the drawing that's on the AAC. So I see, I have like my sentence strip that I've drawn below, similar to the ones that are very readily available um, in your materials. Um, and I'll put he wants blank and then I'll have mm -hmm. cards that the child can cover that blank with and then they can enter that in on the device. Yes. Yes. And I think that that just helps them. Um, they get it more when they have that visual it just makes more sense to them. Yeah. And it makes more sense to me before yeah. I was like, how does anyone do this? Like, yeah. I'm just supposed to say it and hope that they understand. But no, it really doesn't work without that little sentence strip or visual. So mm -hmm. maybe mm -hmm. I don't think you can give them too many visuals. I mean, yeah. I often I think, too, we think, oh, they have an AAC device or some system. And that means you can't use other systems. But I mean, use everything you have. I mean, you can still use. Um, I mean, any visuals that you have that would help any kid um, in combination right. with their with their device. So, yeah. Right. And um, I often get questions. It'll just be like, I'll go to my DMs and they'll just be paragraphs of deficits. Yeah. And people will be like, what should I do? And I, I don't know what to say because I don't know that child. But what I do consistently say is, okay, like you told me everything that they can't do, which is very important information. But 
I always start from what they can do. So if I can get them to consistently tap something that I point to, then I'm going to start there. Or if I can consistently get them to take something that I've handed them, I'm going to start there. So it's hard to give advice because everyone's so individualized. But I think the advice that always works is start with what you can get them to do consistently. Yes, I agree 100%. Um, And then move on from there. (laughs) So how then, um, how can we break down goals for kids who show slow or minimal or no progress? Yeah. Well, um, I really was trying to find ways that I could do that with the families that I was seeing um, with these, you know, kids who I wasn't even sure where we were making progress, but I knew it was important to sing. I knew it was important to get their icon, you know. Right. Um, But they might've had a goal where they should be (laughs) like speaking five to seven utterances and you're like, okay, well we're singing. That's what we got to. (laughs) And you know, um, I, I tried to find ways that I could um, use that parent education and show them we are making progress. Um, because they would just think we're just sitting there playing. So, um, for example, like if I was working with a kid and we were, um, like maybe a nonverbal kid is really having a hard time with attention or sitting still, I might be singing like wheels on the bus with them and we come in, we're doing that for, it seems like a long time. And the parents might not feel like, Oh, you've been doing that for a month. What? Like, why are you still doing that? But showing them, okay, they, they have sat for longer, just like the amount of time they can stay with the activity or, um, you know, progress to be like, look, they're initiating. Um, if I stop, they're, um, putting their hands out because they want me to start singing that song again. Um, are they imitating some of the moments? I mean, one week they might just be trying to imitate you know, the wheels go around, but a few weeks later, they're imitating, you know, two or three more verses. So explaining that to parents of like, okay, we're still working on the wheels on the bus, but they are making progress. If you look at all these little right. parts of it. If you saw like initially they were singing, I was singing wheels on the bus and I was stopping every couple words because I was trying to get them back to their seat or get their attention back on me. Now we get through the whole song and, and we're going through the motions. Um, so yeah, I, um, was mentioning to you off air that a lot of my early intervention clients are feeding, which is a whole nother beast. Um, and what I have to find myself, I feel like the most stressed out about these clients because although I am aware that these people are there for feeding, mm-hmm. I have to get this child acclimated to me, acclimated yeah. to the room, acclimated to this chair they're about to be buckled into. Mm-hmm. So before I'm like, parents come in, they're like, we're trying new foods. I'm like, no, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're not. Cause mm-hmm. I need, I need them. I need to win them over. I, I need to get right. that child's buy-in. So, um, I love the example of using the wheels on the bus, because that would just one, it would demonstrate the commencement of the therapy session. Like the child knows we're getting to work because just like every other time before, this is our starting song. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and then it like gets rid of that anxiety caused by ambiguity and just open-ended. What are we doing in this room? When is it over? Mm-hmm. It, it establishes a routine and comfort and it helps 
you win that child over. So I think that's a great way to start sessions. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also just understanding like, yeah, I do the same thing over and over again. People are like, you make therapy look so simple and easy. It's because I've been doing the same thing almost with everyone, but changing it according to how I can get them on board over and over again so that everything that I do is so predictable. Yes. Yes. And I think that that's when you're working with families, it's hard to explain like, okay, you do see us doing the same thing and here's why, and Mm -hmm. here's why it's beneficial (laughs) Um, because it can look, I mean, we know what we're working on, but someone just watching might be like, what are Mm -hmm. they doing and how is that helping? Right. Yeah, like I will often um, start off with the KSLP cards because I just mm-hmm. love them. I think they're mm-hmm. big. And I even started making my own preposition cards, just five yeah, by seven. Those are great. Those are so great. Yeah, and I just love that size card. I yeah. think it's, and the and kids are colorful. And, and I think the way how you have your cards set up, they're like the repetition also. Yeah. It's like everything changes and they it draws their attention because they can see like the one part that's different. Right. And then they're like, oh, that's now yeah. where'd oh. that be it go? Makes it, it makes it easy for them because they don't have to start with a whole nother picture. It's like, okay, this is familiar. Right. And then they're just responsible for like that one part that's changed. And it's achievable. Totally. Yeah. So I'll, like I said, again, like I'll have an early intervention picky eater who is coming in for feeding, but I'm sitting down with them in the chair and I'm doing either my cards or the KSLP cards. And these parents are like, I have no concerns about speech. I'm like, me either. That's why we're doing this because they have to want to be there first. Kids have to not want to be like getting up and, or yeah, wanting to run. Exactly. So if I'm up there sing-songy, like with that sing-song voice, just doing these cards and the kids are like repeating, they're like, I, that's very attainable to them. So even if they're not working on that, it's just like one way in which I know I can, as bad as it sounds like, control yeah. them. They, yes. Yeah. They're, yes, they're complying and yeah. you're, yeah. They trust They're getting you. like, I do something, you do something. And then from there we can progress to like, if I open my mouth, now you open your mouth. Exactly. If I move my tongue around and yeah, mm-hmm. but we're starting with something that I, I is easier to get to. Right. Which yeah. I never knew. No one told me that. No, I think you're doing a great job. It took me a long time. <laughs> well, there's get, there's yeah. different approaches to feeding. There's like the, I mean, that's more of like the behavioral, like, okay, we're going right. to do this by yeah, little baby steps of you're not going to start in with food right away. Yeah. Well, sometimes I have like very desirable food. Like everyone likes cheese. Probably why we have the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So the parents bring in cheese. That's also another way to get that child to sit there and understand that when we come here, we do things with our mouth and like we taste things. And for the first couple sessions, it's all like preferred snacks that they are very willing to take. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But the point is, is that it's slow and there's nothing right away. You yeah. got to communicate with the parents and you have to get acclimated with the parents and the child and the location. Yeah. 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 I had no idea. I feel like I used to just, just complete anxiety, panic. And then like afterwards was that enough? Are they, what are they thinking well, about? Yeah. We all have areas that we're stronger in and, you know, then we get those kids that we are like, oh no, how am I going to do this? I mean, yeah, we've, I think we've all felt that way, but mm-hmm. um, that's just part of our jobs, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Getting familiar with what's uncomfortable. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So 
so breaking down the goals, um, just to sum up, so it would be like, let's say that their goal is something like so-and-so will label 15 age-appropriate common objects, mm -hmm. um, but you're noticing like we don't even have really very much right. eye contact yet at this point. Yeah. So we could break down that goal in what ways? Um, I like to, one of the things that I do a lot with families is like they're interested in first words, right? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, how many words are they saying? And they might be approximating a sound. So I will track um, words like, uh, okay, they might not be saying um, the word mom, for example, but um, they might be making the word approximation of mom, or they might be signing mom, or um, even just putting their lips together. So if that goal is for the child to say, you know, a single word, mm -hmm. um, what are the steps leading up to it that they would need before they're actually verbalizing the word? Can they, um, uh, like imitate an approximation? Are they saying an approximation on their own? Are they doing it? You know, have they made that sound twice or are they doing it all day long? So right. kind they of do it on command, do they do it while right. pointing to her? Right. Teaching parents the difference between imi imitating words and spontaneously saying words. Um, right. Yeah. And are so, they just all day just going like mum, 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 mum? <laughs> or are they actually saying like mum? Right. And I, I think having, keeping a list like that is um, something that parents are excited about to, to make. It also gives you like as a something to talk about as you come in, like how did your week go? It's very trackable from week to week and parents are often motivated, you know, to that that's something that they can follow generally. Um, you know, did they make a sign for that? Or they can, they can see the progress over time just by either teaching a sign or building imitation or it's exciting when they start to say them spontaneously. And then, you know, when those kids are using that word all the time and you have a record of it, like look at how far they've come in the last two months or something, so. Right, so then if the goal happened to be labeling 15 age-appropriate common objects, but at this yeah. point, the only thing that we really have is an approximation of mom, even right. though mom's not a common object, yeah. we can break down that goal and start there because right. the child is already on their way to it. And then right. you can generalize that like, okay, so here's mom and we say mom, now yeah. here's a ball. Right. Ball. Right. And then just kind of build up to there. You have a list and a record and your data to say, okay, you know, for, for progress reports, you could say however many months ago they could say, you know, five words in imitation. And now they can say 15 words in imitation and five spontaneously. Right. So building up to that 50, you know, labeling 50 objects. Right. That's another thing I feel like I mention to people often is that you don't have to feel so uh, rigid about the goals that are written already. Um, I know that SLPs historically like to check boxes and cross things off lists, um, but I have no problem writing like, you know, so-and-so there's, so maybe the goal is that they have to label 15 common objects. Um, I would have no problem saying like, okay, so they, they are able to approximate five and speech therapy will continue to target this goal in order mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. um, increase 
the, com the length and complexity of whatever. So I have no problem saying it's not met yet and saying yeah. like what they can do, like just writing down the progress that was from the baseline of zero or whatever it was. Right. And saying like, I have no shame. I mean, I did whatever I could. We got right. And you're like, oh, you might look back at that list and be like, oh, well, you know, there's only five words on there that are common objects, but boy, he says like, yeah, 10 nouns or 10 verbs or something. So it's like it's okay. better than objects. Just somebody exactly. wrote that object goal. So who right. cares? Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Modify it to, or just, you know, if you describe the progress, um, they'll eventually reach that goal, maybe not in the time frame, but look at how much progress you've made that just wasn't necessarily tied to that goal. Right. And what was the point of that goal? The point of yeah. that goal was just to get that child speaking and the yeah. constraints of it is just like, so start with objects. But if you did verbs, that's more beneficial to them and they're still saying more. So the overall goal is to increase expressive language. So you don't always have to follow the goal to a T strictly. We're only doing nouns because that's what it says. Well, and I think we have to do so much for our jobs that I don't have time to sit down and like perfectly word every goal and know what's going to happen in the future. But I know the kids that I'm working with in front of me, and if we're making progress, you know, I can build on that. And we you know, I know we'll get to that goal, but I'd rather work on um, what, what the child is engaged in and we're um, learning in today and not worry so much about the goal because I'd rather spend time doing therapy than writing precise goals. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Makes sense. Obviously the goals are important, but like, yes. it's they also, you, yeah, they give you like a, you know, something to work towards and it's, uh, yeah, obviously very important, but. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, so we shouldn't be rigid. So this goes to what you keep saying um, is that it's important to be flexible. Yeah. Um, before we wrap up our segment here, do you have any quotes or mantras that you want to leave the listeners with? Well, I think going back to just as I was changing settings and um, learning something new for myself, working in home health was that I had to um, keep things in perspective. I think as we go in and work with families, we have all these goals that we want to work on, but you also have to remember these families often have a lot on their plate. And even if we give them homework or things to do during daily routines that, you know, they have a lot going on. So um, I think just knowing that when we're working with families and being patient and, you know, helping them the best that we can, but also um, realizing that we just have to keep things in perspective. Yeah, keep things yeah. in perspective. And yeah. I think that's great. We have to, that's, that's great advice for anybody at any time, but sure. especially for this population. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Leah. Yes. And we'll have to have you back on soon. Yeah, this was a fun, um, it was very nice chatting with you. I've been wanting to um, connect for a long time. So thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. And where can all the listeners find you and your materials and resources? Um, well, I am at Speech and Language at Home, which you can find me on Instagram, um, Facebook, Teachers Paid Teachers, all um, under Speech and Language at Home. Nice. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
that's our show, everyone. Thanks for listening to SLP's Wine and Cheese. We have new episodes every week, so be sure to subscribe. Also, we'd appreciate it if you would like and review us on iTunes. If you love the show and want more bonus content, check us out at patreon.com slash SLP's Wine and Cheese. You can also follow us on Instagram at SLP's Wine and Cheese pod underscore between each word.